future has arrived. Thank you for listening to another edition to the Hatrick and Rams English podcast show. We are here with Back to the Future music playing in the background. So, 2015, this is the time that October the 21st, on this day, that was stated on Back to the Future 2 movie that Doc Brown and Marty McFly came into the future. And what was the future? is the future going forward from now in this day onwards what is the future so coming up on the show let's talk back to the future what do you remember about the film what were you doing back in 1985 what were you doing back in 1955 even if you're still around and still alive uh, what were you doing in 1955 or 1985 when the time uh, the time period is of the two of the films the trilogy even well i don't think any of us were back in 1918 1885, uh, uh, 100 years before that, so I think we're probably all dead by then, unless you've got a one hell of a good diet, and, uh, or you're just not human. So, it's Back to the Future Day today, October 21st, 2015. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. Yep, you heard it. It's all over Facebook. It's all over the news. What were you doing in 1955, 1985, and the present day of October the 21st, 2015? Where, 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 <laughs> it's scary to think that this is the day, the Back to the Future, this has all happened. The film, the classic trilogy film has, has happened. Everything, um, how time has gone by and just the, cla- oh, wow, nostalgia, nostalgia. Were you, were you alive when this film was out? Were you alive when, in 1985, were you born yet? Or what were you doing in 1985? I was 10 I was ten years old in 1985. I was 10 years old in 1985. And I think I f- saw it in 1989-90, the first part of the film. Roughly, that's when I first saw it. Um, I was actually in boarding school. Um, and I, wow, remember just, I remember the, the end of it and thinking, ah, 1985, when are we going to see the next part of this? And I tell you, I think it was about 10 years after, or was it about 10 years? They started making, they had to make parts, parts of part three before they made part two to kind of link it all up. And when, it first, when we got Back to Feature 2, great, we saw part three. But I'll tell you something, what, what a film. Trusty, brilliant, classic film. And let's talk about, which everyone else will be talking about, what did they get right and what did they not get right? going forward um regarding the future um we <laughs> it's just frighteningly brilliant tell you we're all just i think these people who the people who grew up in the generation of the back to the future will be just sitting there in nostalgia big time big time nostalgia um now obviously some of the things they didn't get right well they didn't get the hoverboard kind of uh, which is potentially just about coming out we did always had fax machines. We always had the uh, well. We did have the Google Glass, uh, <laughs> which was the we got that kind of thing. The, the 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 glasses. So we did have that. We didn't have flying cars, unfortunately. We 
didn't have, unfortunately, the <laughs> we didn't have the self-tying shoes. We have to still got uh, shoelaces. Uh, obviously, the microwaves that when you stick a wee mini pizza in, it comes out to be a rather large pizza. We didn't, but we still have microwaves. Yes, um, but hey, can't have it all. We do have three D movies, and we have well. <laughs> All the things are pretty much the same as they probably were way back then. Um, but hey, we can't have it all. But in time, maybe in th 3015, we might have the things that Back to the Future predicted we would have. But hey, you never know. You just never know. Um, the fun thing is, the the ages... Looking at this, is, it's quite... Looking at the scary how old the characters were then and who, how old they are now... That's the frightening thing about it. Um, at the time, we had Christopher Lloyd, who focused, who played Doc Brown, who was age 46 at the time, 46. And he is now 76, 30 years on, basically. Um, 76. It's like, well, that's scary. It's like, wow. Um, he's still going strong. Michael J. Fox, at the time, 24. Now age 54, but obviously he has, I think it's Parkinson's he has, because he, he uh, unfortunately, he's treating it very well and still going strong. Mark McClure, he, has, he played Dave McFly. He was age 28 at the time, and he's now aged 58. Um, now, we had Le Leah Thompson, Lorraine Baines McFly, who played Marty McFly's mother, and also the younger version of the, uh, younger version um, of his mum at the time and when he went back to 1955 she's now obviously 54 still looks good um, now the bizarre thing is we had Crispin Glover as George McFly at the time he was 21 now the bizarre the funny thing is when we kind of went to the future part we saw him as he was older with the grey hair he what he looks like now, present day, he looks spitting image of what he is doing and what he looks like. What are you doing? He looks like exactly like he was in the film when he had the grey hair, the big uh, floppy locks. Um, but hey, he's now he's 51 now, um, and doesn't look hasn't changed a bit. It's, it's scary. Uh, Claudia Wells, who played Marty's girlfriend, yeah, she was 18 at the time. Well, looking at her now, well, she's still not looking too bad, but maybe. Uh, a little bit haggard around the edges and maybe a bit too much of something. Botox, maybe. Um, age 49, we have uh, now, who was, 2019, Billy Zane. I didn't realise Billy Zane was in it. It's amazing the kind of actors you don't realise who were actually in it or maybe played a small part at the time in Back to the Future films. We also had Thomas F. Wilson as Biff Tanner. Tannen, sorry, age 26 at the time. He is now age 56. Well, obviously, just do the maths. It's easy to add 30 years on, just in case you don't know. And we have James Tolkien as Mr. Strickland, the principal. He's, he was age 54 then. Didn't look 54 in the picture. Did not look 54. But it's now 84. Still going strong. So it's, it's amazing. It's right. Wow, it's amazing. Something usually these days, a lot of actors who maybe you get 30 years ago, they're all, half of them are dead. They all popped their clogs. They're just gone due to some cancer or something, or something's happened to them. But thankfully, these guys are still kicking on. Um, and we had uh, Wendy Jo Surper, who played Marty McFly's sister, Linda. Sadly, she's oh, there's one of them. She sadly passed away in 2005, the age of 47, after a lengthy battle, lengthy battle with breast cancer. So it just shows you 
who is still kicking around and who's not? Well, and it's scary. But hey, 30 years on, what were you doing 30 years ago? I was 10 years old. How old were you? What were you doing? Um, the predictions, we've basically just gone through them. <laughs> uh, but let's just go through them again. Uh, just to let you hoverboards, as I say, we never had that. Video conferencing, well, we do have that. So it's one thing I missed is Skype. We do have video conferencing, which is a good thing. Drones, we do have drones, other people who are flying their drones over places they shouldn't be flying them, but hey, we do have drones. Hands-free gaming, we do have hands-free gaming, which is, which is something that came in. 3D films, yes. Flat-screen TVs, yes. Video goggles, yes. Self-tying shoes, unfortunately not. Um, but hey-ho, I'm sure that will come in at some point. Biometric technology, um, so that is obviously coming. I think, yes, becomes a regular feature in the smart smartphones, obviously. Huh, it helps if I read what is in front of me. Tablet computers, yes, correct. Miami baseball team, well, I'm sure they've already been. Um, but anyway, the, the things that happened way back then and what they predicted, wow, I tell you, frightening stuff, absolutely frightening stuff. Um, frightening, to say the least. Nostalgia 101, to say the least. Also, coming up on the show, we all have music from the John Martin uh, band. We have music there from, based in America. Uh, they sent us their music, so we're going to play a song from them, which we'll introduce later in the show. Uh, Country-style rock music, if you want to put it that way. I could be wrong, but hey, you can uh, give me your opinion on their music. Uh, I want to try and break in some American artists into the UK, and if it means the opportunity to play the music on our podcast show, it gives these guys the opportunity uh, in breaking into the UK market with their music. So we look forward to hearing that uh, later in the show. I also have just done uh, what we've just done on an impromptu. You're going to hear coming up now is a blab impromptu chat podcast with people giving their views of what they remember in 1985. So we've got people like Eileen, we've got Donald Brandt, we've got Lee, the radio coach, we have Guy R. Cook, we have uh, Annie Alexander. Uh, so we had some people giving their views of what they remember in 1985. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. <laughs> What's up? It's your boy Relevision, host of Five Mics Radio, Fridays at 11.30, live from New York. Shout out to the Hattrick and Ramsey podcast. Listen to the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show. We're doing a brief uh, off-the-cuff interviews due to it being back to the future day. And what were you doing in 1985? And with the films being in 1985 and also present day on October the 21st, 2015, I should say. What were you doing? Do you remember that far? We have Le- Leanne Smith in uh, on the chat, and we're going to ask her a few questions with our co-host uh, Donald Brandt uh, in the seat, in the hot seat. Uh, we have Leanne. So, what were you doing in 1985? Do you remember that far back? Um, okay. Well, for, first, I want to say that my name is Eileen, and oh, sorry, I, I keep calling her Leanne. It's Eileen. I get people to remember it by doing this. Oh. I. Eileen. It's not not Leanne. I have to say Eileen. I keep it's the double. It's the double sort of L. I know. It's the font they use. It's not your fault. It's the whole internet's fault. Not you. So what were you doing in 1985? Do you remember? Do you remember the Back to Future films? Okay, I'm going to try to remember because 
I'm really old. So it was a long time for me. In fact, the way, the first thing that I can relate it back to is um, how long I've been at my uh, job. Because I've been at my job for 32 years. So that means I started there in 1983. So in 85, that meant I would have been there for two years. So that means I would have been working in the accounting department. Is that what you trained to be an accountant? Say it again. Did you train to be an accountant? No, no, no. It was more like, um, it was a clerical job. It was more like entering checks as they came in and stuff like that and setting up accounts for new customers. So there was a situation that is kind of, it's very ironic. Back then was around the time when the fax machine became really popular using fax machines. And and the only reason I remember that is because I asked my then supervisor if I could learn how to use the fax machine. And she told me, you don't need to learn how to do, you'll never use the fax machine. <laughs> and of course, I used the fax machine a gazillion times in the 90s. But it's just ironic now that we don't even use fax machines anymore. In fact, there's two fax machines on my floor at work, and both of them are broken. (laughs) And I suspect that they can't find anybody to fix them. Well, I think we still use fax machines a little bit to this day, but probably not as much because everything is simple. We don't, like I said, I know we don't use them at work. And the reason why I know that is because they're both broken. So... So you just you so what, just scan. Well, we have Canon machines. You can scan things and make a PDF, and then you just email that PDF exactly. to whoever it is that. So, what do you remember about watching the Back to the Future films? I always loved them. I always loved the um, Back to the Future film. And back then, oh, that's another thing. I I was twenty. I was in my twenties then, and I remember telling the same supervisor because she was like four. So I was like, oh my god, that is so old. I thought being 40 was so old, like, oh, my God. Well, I, I, I was 10 years old then. Oh, but Mr. Brandt, <laughs> our co-host, Donald Brandt, what, what were you doing in 1985? Uh, 1985? Uh, yeah, that was the year when I got... Uh, I believe that was the year that I got ran over by a car. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh like, like, like you got ran over by a car, like Marty McFly in the film. It was, it was a British car. It was a Jaguar. <laughs> Thank God you survived that. A Jaguar. Yeah. So it wasn't obviously it wasn't. Thankfully, you're still here now, which is a good thing. So, what do you? What else do you remember back in 1985, Mr. Brandt? Uh, that was a time when I. Well, I remember the movie quite well because. Um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool because Michael J. Fox was so uh, popular for a series that he was in. Right. You know, he was doing those TV series, so it was like basically, you know, he was like the top actor. I mean, he was like the go-to actor for a lot of movies. And um, yeah, when I when I wanted to see, what I thought was really cool though is when when they did go back to the future, when they showed the um, not only the DeLorean, but when they did show that the hoverboard the uh, flying skateboard. That was really cool. I thought if someday we can do that. And now we can on a limited scale, you know, because you have to have the right kind of 
under surface for it to float on, but they can do it now. Do so it. the technology's here. Amazing. It's so amazing. Yeah, and another thing, um, I think that a lot of, you know, all the people who were writing those movies, uh, not just Back to the Future, but also like Star Trek and all that, they, I think that in a way, because of the things that they predicted, I think these were the things that um, our inventors tried to develop. You know, like the cell phone was like what they had on Star Trek. You know what I mean? But I don't think, what I'm trying to say is, I don't think that folks would have even tried to invent those things if they weren't in the movies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> what you want and what you can get are two different things. <laughs> so, yeah. What they were saying in a lot of the newspapers now that they were in the news today, what Back to the Future 2 actually got right and what they didn't get right, as we all know, that we they did have, we do have Skype calls, we have video calls we can do, they do have 3D movies, we do have, well, they do fax machines, we, and they're pretty much going obsolete. Uh, but unfortunately, we didn't have the the self tying shoes that you can stick on your stick on your feet, and they just self tie themselves. Mm. Yeah, but we do have the Velcro stuff, so unfortunately, we're going to Velcro it ourselves. But hey, uh, but classic movies to say the least, and just it's one of these kind of films. Back then, I think a lot of the eighties films are stroke early nineties nineties films. They did. They did, even though they kind of go for well, predicting the future, for example, or things that they were talking about. Even classic TV, like the A Team, for example, they're almost ahead of their time in a little bit by watching it, and they were just classic. And this day and age, you don't get that type of movie. You get very rarely you get a movie that's classic to this day and age of something of the caliber of Back to the Future. What you else agree did they have? or disagree? I'm sorry. What else did they have on the list that? That has not. Uh, uh, well, hang on a minute. I, Besides the self-tying shoes. Because I don't count that one. Because I, I think the Velcro. <laughs> yeah. is almost, even though you still have to kind of bend over to. Um, the, yeah, but you, there's no tying involved is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So they couldn't get it to be a self-tying. But they came up with another way that you still didn't have to bother with learning how to tie your shoestrings. <laughs> I'm just trying to find the list again. But I can't seem to uh, find it on my. I'm going to tweet it out. Yeah, you can tweet it out. We got the back. Yeah, I, for, I forgot to. I, I have to get in a habit of doing certain things when I enter a lab. <laughs> That's one of had a feature. Just read. I, you have to have a little checklist, but then you do like I do, and I forget. Oh, oh. checklist. <laughs> yeah. The self the, the self drying clothes. So if you ever got wet, they would oh. dry themselves. The jacket that dried it dried itself. Uh, obviously, we do have. Oh, we did. They did have Google Glassy. The Google Glass. The Google Glasses. Yes. That obviously that they had. That's they got that right. Obviously, we don't have flying cars yet, which is a bit of a shame because we certainly get us through traffic a lot quicker. Um, to say the least. They did also have that the scene when the microwave. We have microwaves when they put in the wee tiny pizza, and when they opened it, it came out to be like a big massive pizza. <laughs> Expanding food. Yeah, we don't have that one. Of course, we don't have. So we can't. I'll tell you that would be quite good. It would certainly save on packaging if we had little pizzas and we just stuck them in the microwave and ching and (laughs) 
21 inch pizza that you just get from Domino's or something, which would be fantastic. We save, I'd save a fortune, it'd be great. Think of, it, think of the less recycling we'd have, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> so, well, guys, I'm sorry. I gotta get ready to go to work. Gotta go work. Look into our podcast. We're talking a brief, giving us a brief insight of what you remember of 1985. Um, and I'll let you go to work. And we'll, anybody else wants to pop in on Eileen's uh, behalf and give us their view of what these are. Hey, happy back to the so thank day, you for coming and have a good break. Please enjoy the Jacob Martin Band. This ain't that kind of kiss. <laughs> Girls are getting out. First time I saw you, I thought there's no way this girl would want a guy like me around. So, girl, I don't know how you're riding by beside me, riding down. I'm gonna park this truck, get your lips all puckered up. You know what I'm gonna do, but only if you want me to. Let me lay down your guard, shine headlights on your heart. I wanna know who you are, cause you are. Ain't that kind of kiss? Tell me what you've been dreaming of. What's your perfect kind of love? Cause I'm all where'd you come from? I don't know where you're the one. I'll show you meant to be. God, girl, you're killing me. I see we hop back in. Got a lot more not to spend. But if you say one more thing, we've got to come. So we are back with our. Uh, we have oh, we have Kara Wright. Kara is joining us on our. I was just going down that list of uh, music from that era. Good in the list. There's a list of music that I found. There's Wham was on the top of the charts with Careless Whisper. 
Madonna was number two position with Like a Virgin. <laughs> Wake me up before you go go. Also, Wham had two really big top mm-hmm. top uh, top songs and yeah. Well, so you're welcome, Kara. Uh, I mean, welcome uh, Lee. We we have, we have two Thanks. extra guests in. We have with our co-host Donald Brandt. What, Kara? What do you remember of 1985? Were you around in 1985, and how old were you? Oh, you're so kind. Yes, I was around in 1985. <laughs> I was actually barely into double digits. I was 11 in 1985. Right. Um, so I was in primary school, but I do remember the movies. I do remember 1985. Oh, actually, yeah, I remember the year that I was in, the school year that I was in. Um, so I remember things like rocket ice blocks. So space was a big thing because of space shuttles and things like that were were happening. Um, what else do I remember? Um, basketball was huge here and Michael J. Fox was a massive um, phenomenon because, of course, I'm Australian, so um, things were a little different. Over here, um, we had a very small amount of American TV programming on our TV stations at the time, so um, we weren't heavily exposed to American television. But Michael J. Fox was on the screen, um, and I remember the music because I was dancing then. So a lot of the music I actually do remember. So that's good. What else do you remember about that time of year? What do you remember? Well, did you watch all three films? Have you seen them all? Yeah, I've seen seen the three of them. Um, I'm trying to think whether the last Star Wars came out around about then as well. But for me, it was mostly the the um, the space shuttles. Everything was what I'm thinking about it. Everything was about space. And what else do I remember going back then? I don't know. I was an 11 year old girl. Um, <laughs> it was Barbie dolls, and <laughs> and um, when I can go on the next play date at my girlfriend's place and ballet lessons. Cool. So. Fantastic. Let's bring in uh, Lee, the radio coach. Uh, what do you remember, Lee? I don't know. I can't you remember. Can't... <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what you were having for dinner in 1985? Uh, no, but I remember what I was doing in 1969, but I can't remember 85. As a, as a, as a... <laughs> Those acid flashbacks, they really into. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I was, uh, I was working in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, it was the year that I worked at two radio stations in the same city. And I was successful in taking both of those stations to the number one uh, slot in the, in the market. I was wow. married. I was married to my second, third, or fourth wife. I, I'm not sure. Discounting <laughs> <laughs> late. Might have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I was um, 35 and uh, just having a ball. A lot was going on during that time in my life. It's amazing how Thirty-five, yeah. That was a that was the first time I made over a million dollars in a year. A million dollars, wow. Yeah, I, I had a real. Uh, that was a good year for me. <laughs> that was a yeah, especially year. at that at that time. A million dollars was still a lot. That's a yeah, lot of money. Yeah, man. Was, a million dollars, was. wow. Did you rob? Which bank did you rob? Are they still recovering? <laughs> did you I was working in radio. Well, getting getting two Chicago radio stations to number one, you earned that money. 
Is that what you... So you basically, in 1985, you helped get two Chicago radio stations to number one in the charts. Yeah, and they were, competing, they were competing stations that made uh, WBMX number one. Then my contract ended, and the competing station that I had defeated hired me, and I went over there and did the same thing for them. And then in 87, I went to San Francisco, did the same thing there, and then the station that I... WBMX, the first station I made number one in Chicago, hired me back again, and um, I made two and a half million dollars to come back. I was going to say, they gave you a significant pay rise. Yeah, yeah, and it was really funny because the reason I left the station to go to the competing station was because we were five thousand dollars apart in our negotiations. And, and and the guy ended up having to pay me two and a half million dollars two years later to come back. So, wow, that's it. impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. yeah. It Sounds like a Howard Stern story. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it was kind of like that. And uh, I, I broke a record in uh, in that year for the only program director, and maybe still today, that ever made uh, over $2 million uh, doing radio. Wow. Well, actually, I don't, I don't think any program director even made a half a million dollars in those days yeah why should they (laughs) (laughs) that's what the the first uh, owner of the station said he says i've never paid anybody this kind of money we're only five thousand dollars apart and i just made you number one i increased the value of your station by over ten million dollars and you're telling me we're going to fall out over five five thousand dollars not five million yeah, so, he, so what's your secret? Up. How did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Research and, and really good strategic planning, marketing, hiring great staff, surrounding myself with great people. Do you have a certain intuition for your playlists and things like that? I mean, is that something that was a big part of it? Yeah, picking the right music. Yeah. And then researching that music. You got to go with your gut first, what sounds good to you and what makes sense to do to your target audience, you yeah. give it a try. And if it doesn't work, you know, if the research comes back, people don't like it, you snatch it off and you try something different. And then I you, can tell you, you living here in, in Denmark that when I was working for this one company where, where basically there was radios blasting all the time in the background because they were, I don't think it was they were trying to drown out any kind of uh, the noises from the tools and the working going on, but it was just nice to have something, you know, to hear in between, you know, when you were taking a break and things, sure. to, to hear that music and you could pick it up. But the thing that I found that was really tedious and it, it really got kind of old quick is the fact that they would take these playlists and just run them and put them on a loop and you'd hear them day after day after day. And you'd and think, was it you in know, the same you sequence? guys have to spend a little bit of time to, you know, just change it up a little bit and add some new stuff and take some of the old stuff out. Right. So Was it in the same sequence? So if you heard wham? Yeah, it, yeah, it would always be in the same sequence. And that used to be what would drive you crazy. That'll kill so, the radio seat. like every morning at like ten o'clock, when you'd be ready to take a, a little coffee break, you'd be walking up the stairs. You'd, you know, you'd hear out the side of your ear, and you felt like a robot. You'd go, "Wait a minute, I just heard that." It's like deja vu. Every single day at ten o'clock, you hear the same exact song. So I so said, "Please change the channel or something." But yeah, I can imagine that, that could be. Let's change the question tough. here. So, Kara, what do you? What would you, if you were to go back and travel back in time to 1985? What would, or going back in time to any part of the time? What would you change in your life? I choose 1985. 
to keep with the theme, I would try. I would try and tell my 11-year-old self not to be so worried about boys at that age. <laughs> because really, wasn't worth there it. There are years of them to come. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't even the cute one. Right. Have you given bad experiences over the years, looking back? Um, well, actually, I married my high school sweetheart. <laughs> okay, that's good. Maybe it's a good thing then. That's good. It's a good thing. That's good. Okay, what about Lee? Obviously, you've been married about 50 times as you've in your career, which is obviously not, not too bad. So what, what do you remember if you were to go back and tell your younger self in 1985? Um, wow, so we all have glasses. That's a, that's a good question. That was a, a pretty good time in my life, so it's it's hard to say that I would do too much different. I don't think that I would have held out for more money or anything like that, but maybe maybe I would probably have invested a little differently instead of going out buying a yacht, maybe maybe not doing that, um, and bailing out all my friends and giving them money for stupid projects that never worked. Maybe those kind of things, you know, if I knew then what I know today, those kind of things I probably would have done a little differently. Okay. Well, sir, so let's, let's go to our co-host, Donald. So what, what, what would you change? If you were to go back to your younger self and seeing a wee mini Donald Brandt, uh, what would you change in your life? Well, the one thing I would make sure I would told myself, yeah, it was 85. I would have made sure that uh, I didn't take any shortcuts walking across the street that I would be watching out for traffic because then maybe I wouldn't have been hit by that freaking car. <laughs> I would also do something very similar to what Lee was talking about. Whatever money that I would have earned, it would have been really good to have, um, you know, squirrel hold some of that away uh, for other projects uh, because, yeah, you always get to a point in, in some time in your life where you think, wow, I've earned a lot of money, but then, you know, you think, where is it now? <laughs> where is it now? I think for myself, I'd probably change, I think, yeah, I'd probably be more, a bit more disciplined when it came to school, personally, because obviously I think that's what I'd probably do, or try and be changed in some way or form. But, uh, hey, looking back, these are all hindsight, but now I think it's to come to this day, the 20, 21st of October 2015, the day that it was stated in the film, it's quite a milestone, you think, my goodness. And looking back at the, there's only one actor, one actress out of the whole group that actually is died at an early age due to breast cancer, but the rest of them are all actually still kicking around. They're all, they're all still alive, which is great. I mean, I can't believe it. Christopher Lloyd at the time, he was only 46 at the time. He's now 76, and you're like, wow. And you think, my goodness, bro, this is bizarre. Uh, and it's just scary how. And actually, in one of the papers in the Metro. Uh, over here, it shows it gives you a before and after, before and after image of what they used to look like and what they look like now. And the guy who played Marty McFly's dad, he just looks a spitting image of what he actually was made up to look like when he, he's a slightly older self in the film, and he actually looks like the present day. It's like wow, this guy just hasn't changed a bit. Um, and it's just a, it's, uh, these films are great. I'd love. I'm going to have to sit there and just watch them from start mm -hmm. to finish again uh, because they kind of it's like the Star Wars films. All these people do mad trilogies, or well, it's not really a trilogy anymore. The Star Wars is actually going to—it's like seven or eight films now these days. So yeah. the new one coming out. So uh, people will be doing doing the Star Wars thing at Christmas time when it's released. As the trailers have just been released as well. The, the last of the trailers 
But uh, so, what what do you think? I mean, what do you of eighties television, eighties stroke nineties television? What would you would you say that has this? What what's different to the today's movies? Even though technology and the quality of films is maybe well, the kind of storylines and thing, things that call technology of films has moved on. Special effects was some of the films in the back then better than what is happening? To this day, because they are, they do churn out some crap of films these days, and some even with the music, some of the stuff is churned out is just crap. To way back in the eighties, especially with Lee, he was uh, with being a DJ. What what's your viewpoint in that, Lee? Well, big question. Yeah, yeah. You you ask tough questions. You make me think. <laughs> it's challenging for three thirty uh, twenty nine in the morning. And I'm I'm trying to multitask here, so I'm, I'm not focused. Um, Would you like me to give you some thinking space and answer, Lee? Yeah, like, go ahead. Let's, let's go to Carol. Let me, me, let me uh, wake, like wake himself thoughts. up a little bit. <laughs> All right. So for me, I think the innocence has been removed from a lot of television and movies. I think um, the storylines back then were really quite innocent whereas now I really have to consider whether or not I'll allow my 10 year old daughter to watch you know what would be normal programming for her now as compared to what would have been normal programming for me back then it's very different the storylines are are very different um Mm. you know what she can watch now is about um teenagers and teenage sex and and this is prime time tv watching and it's not like there was there's any innuendo in it it's stated so um that's that's been lost yeah the wholesomeness of of the programming movies and everything every all the tv programs the movies everything is was a really wholesome, good, clean fun, as you might say, as an old fart. <laughs> but now, yeah, it's it's really a, it's a, it's a shame because, yeah, like you you had stated that there's just a lot of graphic um, sex and and violence on everything you look at. That, one of the reasons I don't watch television and I don't go to movies very often unless I get a recommendation from a friend to see a movie. So, if you had a chance to think, Lee, what's your thoughts? I I, I agree with what everyone has said, but I think we are here in the U.S. are a little bit behind um, some of the TV and, and movie and probably even radio in terms of the content. Because I know I've seen commercials from Europe and some other places that were more suggestive than what we were doing here in the U.S. But we're, we're slowly but surely catching up with uh, with that era that you guys probably went through 10 years or, or so ago. But some of the commercials in Europe are po- far more mm. uh, suggestive yeah. sexually uh, than what we um, even do today here. Um, maybe in the television shows at night, they're probably more... Um, outgoing than what they used to be in in '85, no doubt about that. Um, and and the music is is quite in your face now with suggestive overtones. I'm not a big fan of that at all. Uh, but I agree. No, the, the, it was a different day and time. 
Um, do you find with your with being in, well, if you're driving in your car, do you find a lot of the tunes on the radio these days are pretty much overplayed during the course of a radio a radio station, and you almost get to the stage that it's in your, it's in your head so much that you actually hate the song rather than liking the song. But because I find that I, when you're driving, you got the tunes on the radio, and you go, "This song is." It starts off, "Oh, this is actually not too bad." Then after about the twentieth time, you're like, "Okay, this is. Uh, give me something. Give me something old, because this is rubbish, and I can't stand it." It's just like, "Oh, it's all the same." There's no. I mean, I think a while ago they were talking about. I mean, they had a list, the verse of one of the Queen songs that are written by Queen, and all the verses and how they. Uh, had uh, one producer or something for the song, and a lot of the songs these days have got several producers, but they've only got like one or two verses, and they're just repeated. It's so boring. There's no content in the, in songs these days, apart from the kind of tunes, the yeah. kind of music. So, in the the early '90s, one of the alternative radio hosts, he was very because um, we've got a still got a lot of government run radio stations here in Australia and one of them um, was is a youth radio station. It's still running. It's been running for 40-odd years now. And um, he was really quite, you know, alternative, young, hip. You know, he's only, I think he's only two or three years older than I. He is now a drive-time radio host on one of the mainstream channels and it just continuously blows my mind that he's moved from this really quite alternative um, radio station to this mainstream drive time. Mm. Oh, actually, it's morning. Sorry, it's not drive time. It's morning. Um, radio hosts like, what's happened to, to radio here in Australia that this guy has gone from one extreme to the other? Probably just based on his popularity, his audience size, and... The competing station probably lured him away with more money opportunities. Yeah, but oh, absolutely. Sometimes that's successful. Here in the U.S., something a move like that might not work because if you were in alternative rock and then you move to a top 40 station, that, may, well, it just depends. But I've seen that mm. crash and burn. Obviously, so he went out of his element. So he went from in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Indie, alternative indie, um, to now it's top 40. Right. So Interesting. A, How old is he? Um, so he would be 43, 44. He was young when he started in radio. He was in his late teens, early 20s. And he's been at the top 40 station for how long? Uh, probably the last, no more than five years. And he's he, done TV he, and a whole lot in between. Here in the U.S., there are very few uh, people on the air in the top 40 format in their 40s. It's a, it's a 12 to 35. When you get 35 years old as a disc jockey in a top 40 format, you, you're, you're on the edge of being ousted because it's such a younger, hipper crowd, and the 35-year-old guy doesn't appeal to that 18 to 35 very well. He's on the top yeah. end of that demo. So he, he or she would typically transition into a more of an adult format by then. There's a few. You know, it's a, always yeah. an exception to the rule, but typically not. Yeah. They're looking for the 22-year-old or the 19-year-old. And they don't have to pay them as much. 
When you get to be 35 and you're seasoned, you've been doing it for 15 or 20 years, your, your, your pay scale is going to be on the higher side. And a lot of the stations are going through downsizing here because they pay too much for them and they can't uh, meet the bottom line. So they're looking for every opportunity they can to cut the expenses. So, so oh, wow. let's no. say what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in there's a few extra people who have come in. Yeah. I'd like to bring, uh, there's, there's Tony. Uh, uh, Tony. He, he's, a, he's a bit of an older chap. No offense, Tony, that you'd like to find out what he was doing in 1985. So uh, if... Uh, if one of you guys are happy to, yeah, oh, yeah cool. I'll uh, very bring happy. Up other people, lovely to chat again. Thanks, yeah. thanks, thanks you, It was and, fun. Uh, okay, Tony, if you'd like to pop in, uh, and would uh, give you can give us your view if you're available, that'd be great. I've got uh, Arts Ledson. Uh, let me bring in Tony first if he's available before you come in, Arts, if that's okay. Uh, just uh, we're doing this, I uh, want to bring in. Tony, if he's available, if you are able to pop in, that'd be great. If in doubt. This show is brought to you by EdinburghDusters.com and IdeasGoingLive.com. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to HatrickAndRamsey at gmail.com. <laughs> Just uh, if anyone's interested in popping in to, uh, to chat about what they were doing in 1985, uh, please feel free. We have Kevin Scullion in the peanut gallery, which is people call it in Blab. We have Tony Lee. If you're interested in popping in, feel free and pop in. Pop in. We did have Foodie, who is away. Um, we've got Guy R. Cook. Ah, Mr. Cook, if you want like to pop in, any of you guys would like to pop in, here's the opportunity, because I obviously don't want to make this podcast too, um, too long. Um, if anyone's interested, we would love to be able to chat to you because this is going on a podcast. Never uh, hold your breath. We have our co host Donald Brandt, and we have Mr. Cook is taking the hot seat. Mr. Cook, the man is joining us on our podcast, Mr. and this Cook. is our Blab podcast. The via Mr. Cook, how are you doing? Great, great. Glad to see the show's on there. Someone asked me yesterday, you know, we had that discussion about podcasting and. And they said to me, what's the name of the podcast? I go, you know, I don't know. <laughs> we talked, I don't know how long we talked, Fraser. We talked at least an hour plus. So and what do you remember about the We never mentioned the name. So the name of the show, this is when you do the shameless, shameless plug, right? What, sorry, say that again? The, the name of the show is uh, Hattrick and Ramsey? Is that yes, the name? Yes, correct. That's oh, okay. the podcast show, yes. My, my duh on me. So what do you what do you remember doing in 1985? Oh gosh, 1985, quitting smoking. That's that's a good thing. That's, that's that was the biggie. The biggie. I remember 85. I quit smoking. I went to a health fair not long after, a few months after that, and they asked me all these questions about you know what was my activities were and if I spent time outside and I went fishing quite a bit then etc cetera, etc, cetera. Mm -hmm. and. I was years younger than my chronological age, so it saved me some time on that calendar. So quitting smoking in 85, I think, it was the biggie. That was a good thing. That's and that's – I won't take up any more of your time. Have a great show. Okay, I'll speak to you later. Thank you for – thank you for that. We also bring in uh, Annie Alexander. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. 
I'm look. sorry for the look. It's just, you know. No, it's okay. That's fine. So we're oh, you're a hideous girl. Donald Brandt, putting on a Scottish accent impersonation, he's very good at it. Um, so, Annie, were you born in 1985? Were you, were you alive in 1985? Were you just a thought? Well, I was seven years old. In you were seven years old. Fantastic. <laughs> What do you remember? What do you remember at seven years old? Do you remember much at seven years old, or were you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was my second grade at school. Um, it was still the Soviet Union, uh, so we were in this strict environment, and we had uh, uniform. But besides the uniform, we were supposed to think, act, and behave the same way. So we were kind of, you know, being raised, being identical to each other in terms of what we think and uh, how we act, which uh, I remember that it's, um, you know, uh, when you're a child, you don't really realize that. But, you know, you still have this feeling that it's kind of annoying because we even had to sit during the class with our hands on our backs and without moving for 45 minutes. Like that's that's how uh, what was the duration of the class, and of course that was not not natural for seven year old kid, so it was very hard. So we were kind of you know working on ourselves not to move because every time we did, we were getting uh, notification that we shouldn't do that anymore. So um, it was. Um, well, it was fun and not so fun at the same time because uh, as uh, opposed to that, we also had really nice times like spending loads of time outside, playing in the yard all together from all the buildings around with the children. You know, we, we rode a bicycle. I mean, we did things that kids don't do these days so much. They are more into iPads and technology and TVs and, you know, they're all around front of the screens. While we didn't have all that because we had four TV channels all together. Two TV channels were Armenian TV channels, two TV channels were the Soviet TV channels, and that's all we had. And during those programs, we had specific hours where we had like a cartoon or a movie and stuff like that. So you don't really have this choice, even if you wanted to, you couldn't really spend so much time watching TV because there wasn't too much to watch anyway. And um, so we spent time outside, so we are in fresh air, we spent uh, time together. And I guess that's kind of, you know, uh, we had relatively healthier um, childhood as well, because I have a feeling that the food was uh, much more natural that it is now. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and now my son is 12 and I'm um, just looking back. I'm realizing that, you know, these days um, he's not really getting most of the fun and nice things we had back then. So what was life like living with uh, being the Soviet Union at the time? What was life like then and what, what's the difference now? Well, I mean, uh, it was, as I said, we all uh, were identical, at least on surface. So we kind of, you know, we there, there was this environment of fear all around. 
So you were afraid to tell your opinion if it was different. You were afraid to be associated with people who lived abroad. So if, if you had some relatives there, that was already a problem. If those relatives decided to send you a letter, that was even a worse problem. So you were kind of, you know, you had this uh, situation where you... Um, you couldn't act naturally. And at the same time, there was a huge censorship, so the borders were closed and you just found out the vision you were supposed to find out about other countries. So you had the news, which were completely uh, controlled, and you just heard whatever you were supposed to hear, which was far away from the reality. So um, it's kind of, you know, like the good socialistic uh, countries and the bad evil capitalistic countries. And, you know, uh, when they were showing the capitalistic ones, they were showing just the negative parts of it and not really the objective view because they just needed to make sure that, you know, people don't think well about those. And... Uh, so it was closed in terms of information. It was closed in terms of you couldn't really go out to those other countries. Uh, so only very special people like scientists and, you know, uh, uh, politics and, you know, those kind of people could travel. And every time... Uh, every time they traveled, even if they went to socialistic countries, there was also, always at least one to two people from the KGB kind of, you know, in the group undercover to make sure that, you know, uh, abroad they weren't really telling things they were not supposed to tell or let alone they didn't decide to stay there and, you know, yeah. look for political they, asylum and stuff like that. They always have a chaperone, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and they were everywhere. I mean, you had them as undercover colleagues on in your workplace. You had them as neighbors. Uh, they were writing, like, complaint letters about you if they found something suspicious and stuff like that. So it, it was kind of, you know, pretty tough, I think. I mean, for not for me, because I was just a kid, but when I'm looking back, realizing, you know, about if you are adult and you have your own opinion and let alone... If, for example, you have a creative nature, I mean, creativity wasn't encouraged at all at, at school. So you ended up kind of, you know, killing it over time. I mean, you, you, you do this naturally anyway. When you grow up, your creativity kind of decreases naturally. But in that environment, it, it happened even faster. So. Uh, a question with one of our um, uh, guests in the box who was on a minute ago. Uh, he was asking, did you did you ever send birthday cards? Was that not possible? And also, you obviously, well, he's asking, how did you learn great English? Because you're very good at it. <laughs> well, I mean, one year before 85, it was 1984 when I went to school and I was around six years old, six, seven years old back then. So um, we studied three languages at the same time. It was the Armenian, which was our native tongue uh, and still is actually, um, Russian, which was like the native tongue of the Soviet Union and everyone was supposed to know it, and English. And the funny thing was, uh, the funny and sad at the same time, was that all three of them had completely different alphabets. So we studied them simultaneously, like 
when we were just kids at the same time. And um, later on, after studying it, uh, from the time I was 10 until the time I was 20, we traveled a lot with my family, and I ended up living in five different countries and uh, studying in different schools and learning different languages. So I ended up speaking five languages as a result. And uh, my university was in English, so I guess that's when I used it extensively until I graduated and came back. As to the birthday cards, I mean, um, you know, to be on the safe side, we, we prefer not to do that. And the letters usually, uh, we all knew that all these letters have been read anyway because they were reading them all. And, uh, you know, maybe it wasn't as dangerous as before when Stalin was ruling in 37, when people were just being picked up from their apartments and disappearing. So um, it, it was slightly lighter and milder at 85 already, but still, you know, we were uh, very cautious. Wow. Thank, thank you for that insight to uh, 1985 in the time of Russia. I think I'm going to, this podcast will be a little bit too long if I keep going. I'm sure there's some many, many stories that we could uh, talk about with many people. We want to thank you for the people who have taken part and popping in to talk about what they did in 1985 on this Back to the Future Day with uh, Back to the Future 2 when Marty McFly popped into 2015 with Doc Brown. And thank you for our co-host, Donald Brandt, uh, being part of this chat briefly. So you can listen back to what we've been chatting about with our special guests, or impromptu special guests, uh, at the Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast, where you'll find us on Podbean, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So this will be uh, on there. You can listen back to this show, and thank you for the insight. So thank you very much, guys. Uh, thank you for attending. So there you have it. On this day, October 21st, 2015 is where we had an impromptu chat with people on Blab. If you haven't used Blab, go to blab.im and you'll know what it's about. Uh, we had some great chats regarding people, what they did in 1985, what they remember on this day and Back to the Future uh, had the, today's date in the film and has predicted a few things that did actually happen, a few things that haven't happened. But now we have a trilogy that is in the past. A film is a classic, a classic to many people of that era, and of our child of their childhood. And we want to thank you to this film being made, and I thank you for the wonderful stories you just heard through uh, an impromptu chat and blab. Fantastic, and it was so interesting to li to listen to. And we thank you for all the people who took part again. And until next time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. Until next time, bye bye now.